Chapter Twenty One of Master of the Vineyard by Myrtle Reed. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Weaving of the Tapestry. Alden threw himself into his work with feverish energy, instinctively relieving his mind by wearying his body. All day he toiled in the vineyard, returning at night white-faced and exhausted, but content. One morning, when Madame came down to breakfast she found at her plate a single bunch of grapes wet with dew and still cool with the chill of the night she took it up with an exclamation of pleasure for never within her memory had such grapes as these come even from the marsh vineyards she held the heavy cluster to the sunlight noting the perfect shape of the fruit the purple goblets filled with sweetness and the fairy-like bloom more delicate even than the dust on the butterfly's wing pride and thankfulness filled her heart for to her it was not only their one source of income but a trust imposed upon them by those who had laid out the vineyard and more than anything else the standard by which her son was to succeed or fail the tribal sense was strong in madame last though she was of a long and noble line uninterruptedly the blood of the marshes had coursed through generation after generation carrying with it the high dower of courage of strength to do the allotted task hopefully and well and now madame's face saddened remembering edith since her one attempt to cross the silence that lay like a two-edged sword between them madame had said nothing to alden nor had he even mentioned edith's name since she went away though his face to the loving eyes of his mother bore its own message night after night when they sat in the living-room after dinner no word would be spoken by either until bedtime when madame would say good-night and in pity slip away leaving him to follow when he chose sometimes he would answer but more frequently he did not even hear his mother leave the room yearning over him as only a mother may madame would lie awake with her door ajar listening for his step upon the stairs while the night waxed and waned alden sat alone his eyes fixed unalterably upon edith's empty chair in which by common consent neither of them sat the soft outlines of her figure seemed yet to lie upon the faded tapestry the high carved back seemed to bear the remembered splendour of her beautiful head after madame had gone alden would sometimes light the candle that stood upon the piano mute now save for the fingers of memory moving the bench out a little and turning it slightly toward the end of the room he would go back to his own far corner where he used to sit while edith played conjuring her gracious image out of the dreamy shadows he found balm for his sore heart in the white gown that fell softly around her the small white foot that now and then pressed the pedal the long graceful line that swept from her shoulder to her fingertips the faint hollow where her gown with the softness of a caress melted into the ivory whiteness of her neck the thick creamy skin in some way suggesting white rose leaves the scarlet wistful mouth the deep brown eyes reflecting golden lights and the crown of wonderful hair that shimmered and shone and gleamed like burnished gold the subtle sweetness of her filled the room she had left behind her not only a memory but the enduring impress of personality the house was full of ediths there was one at the table another at the piano one leaning against the mantel with hands clasped behind her another in a high-backed rocker leaning back against a dull green cushion and one upon the stairway ascending with light steps that died away with the closing of a door or descending with a quick rustle of silken skirts that presently merged into perfume 
then into her every gown she had worn every word she had said every laugh that had wakened slumbering echoes with its low vibrant contralto came remorselessly back full tides of longing beat pitilessly upon his senses never it seemed to ebb again and yet at times when his whole soul so cried out for her that he stretched his arms in yearning toward the myriad phantom ediths that peopled the room mystical assurance would come from somewhere that she too was keeping the night watch through the tense and throbbing darkness love sped from one to the other as though upon ghostly wings neither sight nor sound nor touch betrayed its coming yet the call and the answer were always divinely sure as though they two stood dumbly on either side of some mysterious portal denied all things save longing heartbeat answered unto heartbeat in the stillness of the night the experience invariably brought comfort and a certain release from pain denial seemed to be but another phase of fulfilment since it opened the way for this exquisite belonging of one to the other beyond and above all your of woman wholly aside from the ecstasy of sight and touch she was his as inseparably as perfume belongs to the rose that breathes it forth while he worked in the vineyard it was consciously for her for her sake he aspired to make the best of himself to make this hillside yield its purple banners from the secret storehouses within so he had struggled with soil and season with suns that scorched and winds that chilled with parching days that opened the earth in great crevices and with torrents that made the pass between the vines impassable for days from the wide windows that overlooked the valley madame watched the vineyard with an anxious heart she too had toiled as far as a woman might in the years that elapsed between the death of her husband and the maturity of her son sometimes all the powers and purposes of nature had apparently been arrayed against her and again as at the touch of a magic wand the earth had yielded up its fruit yet she had never lost her courage knowing that the logical strength of position lies nearly always with the pursuer she would never own herself beaten though there was a time of terror when the crop failed for three successive years now the tapestry lay before her well on its way to completion she had watched the great web spread upon the hillside year by year from snow to snow again surrounding it on three sides like the frame upon which it was stretched were the stalwart pines that protected it from the icy winds below like a silver ribbon the river irregularly bounded it a shining line of demarcation between the valley and the opposite hills when the snows were deep there were only gentle undulations to mark the covered vines even the pines bent low with it as though hoary with their weight of years when the snows melted tiny crystal rivulets ran down the tapestry into the silver ribbon that was stretched across the foot and upon a neutral background of earth the black tangled threads showed dimly in a night almost there would come a change where the threads had lain hopelessly matted appeared some semblance of order as though the weaver had come then as they became separate groups a faint glow of green dawned above them not so much colour as the promise of colour not so much design as the planning of it through and through the web like the weaver's shuttle figures moved from one tangle of threads to another setting all straight as they went swiftly then the colour came green upon the black with the neutral earth filling the background gradually to be covered save for the long regular lines that stretched from east to west 
from north to south all the beauty of spring and summer went to the making of the tapestry the first robin's cheery call the shimmer of blue wings speeding across it the golden glow from an oriole's breast and the silver rain of melody dripping from the throat of a meadow-lark as he swept through the infinite spaces above up into the threads came the thousand stored sweetnesses of the earth aspiring surely upward through devious winding ways the softness of leaves that had gone back to dust the wine from fallen grapes that had dripped through the sand into the dark storehouse beneath were only to be taken up again for sap or fibre or bloom blown perfumes came from distant orchards mysteriously to become a part of the tapestry purple dawns and prismatic sunsets crystalline noons and starry midnights slowly but surely were woven in the new leaves shone afar surrounding the vineyard with a faint iridescent sheen through which tiny wings moved ceaselessly with a far-off sleepy sound weary winds came to the vineyard and for the moment lay at peace upon the web drinking the exquisite fragrance of leaf and blossom then rising slowly as though still intoxicated with that more than mortal sweetness they bore it afar to the four corners of the earth some of it sank into the valley and the river turned in its sleep to dimple with smiles ripple with silvery laughter and drop to sleep again the scent of it rose to the hills like heavenly incense from earthly altars and the little people in feathers and fur breathed deeply of it and were glad wild bees hummed through the web and left it heavy laden with the sweet essence distilled from the dust by the subtle chemistry of sun and rain and the weaver only smiled at the golden-winged army of plunderers for secretly they ministered unto the vineyard in ways of love then the weaver paused to rest for the pattern was made and there was only the colour to be put in the fragrance died the blossoms fell and the miracle of the tapestry began where there had been scent came substance where there had been promise came fulfilment with a single mighty impulse the vines took deep hold of the treasure in the storehouse beneath spending it prodigally for sap to be poured into these waiting goblets of emerald and pearl all the hoarded strength of leaf and tendril was caught up by the current and swept blindly onward to its fruitful destiny and so the first faint hints of purple came into the tapestry to spread and deepen and divide and spread again until in certain lights the vineyard lay transfigured in an amethystine glow shaded by the leaves that had begun to wither held by tendrils that were strained until they could hold no more the purple chalices swung lazily in the golden light slowly filling with the garnered sweetness that every moment brought night and day the alchemy went on dust and sun and dreaming dust and moon and dreaming while the weaver waited dreaming too until a web should be complete when the signal was given for the tapestry to be taken from the loom the weaver crept away for he could do no more figures thronged upon the hillside gaily coloured garments appeared here and there in the web and a medley of soft foreign voices rose where for long there had been no sound from side to side of the web the workers moved always bearing armfuls of purple to the frame of pines and beyond it and so the tapestry faded day by day and the vines died and great bare spaces were left upon the background where the neutral earth showed through steadily among them moved one stately figure 
a tall young man with big brown eyes and a boyish mouth from early morning until dusk his voice could be heard issuing directions hurrying the laggards and bidding others to go back and work more slowly creaking through the valley on the tawny road that lay below the tapestry went each night wagons heavily laden with baskets packed into crates far beyond the frame of pines was a small group of houses whither the workers went with their armfuls of purple returning presently to despoil the hillside further at dusk when the day's work was over the smoke of campfires rose against the afterglow and brooded over the vineyard in a faint haze like its lost bloom the scent of grapes mingled with the pungent odour of burning pine and broken chalices upon the ground were trod into purple stains as of blood tales of love and war went from campfire to campfire and fabulous stories were told of the yield of other vineyards in the same valley finally the last grapes were gathered the last baskets packed and crated and along the road the laden wagons creaked for the last time then the young man gave a great feast for the workers lasting from noon until midnight with pitchers of cider great loaves of freshly baked bread and cake roasted fowls hot baked potatoes and pink hams crusted with crumbs and cloves and sugar that fell into flakes at the touch of the knife the same wagons that had carried the grapes now took the workers to the train the young man who had paid them their wages accompanied them and at the station there was a great medley of farewells spoken in five or six different tongues when the last shriek of the engine had died away and the roar of the train was lost in the distance the young man drew a long breath of relief and went home a deadly silence reigned upon the hillside where the torn web lay its bloom and beauty all gone ragged bits of green mingled with dull brown tracery of vine and tendril lay back upon the background of earth but of purple there was no trace in the hush of the night the weaver came back to muse sadly over what had been and perhaps to dream of what yet might be there was chance of no more weaving for the threads were broken and the time was short but the rack and ruin were pitiful to see so from hidden places no man may guess the weaver summoned the secret spinners bidding them lay a veil upon the vineyard swiftly there came forth a miracle of beauty fairy lace and impalpable mysteries of chiffon were laid upon the hillside spreading from vine to vine sometimes a single slender thread impearled with dewdrops bridged the distance from one tendril to another again a bit of cobweb was spread over a dead leaf to catch a hint of iridescence from the sun or moon and now and then a shimmering length of ghostly fabric was set in place at dusk to hold the starry lights that came to shine upon the broken tapestry with the peace of benediction along the well-trodden ways alden went tired but content having come at last to the knowledge of himself already he was planning to enlarge the vineyard next year and to try another variety of grapes upon the new ground he considered one plan to hurry the packing another to hasten the crop and studied the problem of housing the workers from their standpoint not from his for the first time he was thinking of his work as something other than a necessary evil it had become in a sense a means of grace for he had discovered that the spirit in which one earns his daily bread means as much to his soul as the bread itself may mean to his body the light from the low reading lamp lay softly upon madame's silvered hair 
as she bent over her bit of fancy-work silent as usual since the spell of edith's presence had come into the house alden was not even pretending to read the paper he sat staring into the shadows before him at edith's empty chair but as he looked he smiled with a little lump in her throat madame bent over her work again having looked up to thread her needle and having seen his face for a moment she waited hoping for a confidence but there was none alden took a letter from his pocket and tossed it into her lap it announced the sale of the crop at a larger price than ever before and requested the first chance upon the yield of the following year madame folded it up and gave it back to him then their eyes met young and strong and hopeful radiating the consciousness of good work well done her son smiled back at her her face illumined with joy master of the vineyard at last my son she said he rose from his chair bent over and kissed her fondly yes mother thanks to you and edith then he added after a pause master of myself too end of chapter twenty one